0: Hi, this is the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, and I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Each week, I do a deep dive into the mindset and strategies and tactics and tools of scaling an incredible high impact nonprofit. I'm so glad you're here. Do you ever feel like you're running from meeting to meeting and never have time or mind space to do really high leverage work or that? Despite your team getting bigger, you still seem to be holding on to too much of the actual work. Today, I want to give you a concrete tool that you can use to get out of the weeds of managing your team as it grows and actually begin to carve out time for things like visioning and planning and relationship building and the other kind of work that really moves your organization forward. As longtime listeners know about me, I love a good framework or tool not just because I'm a Virgo and need to categorize and organize everything in my life, but more deeply because I'm a pragmatist. It just doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel every time you have to do something or learn something. Growing an organization is really tough. It's tough enough on its own without having to figure everything out on your own. Frameworks, tools, good ones, allow us to get up to speed faster on really important practices and then turn around and apply those practices to our work more easily. So this is a tool that I've used and that I've taught for decades now and integrated into my own leadership because it's been tried and tested and it works. It's all about delegation. It's called the delegation ladder. Now, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this podcast, who has ever led anything, has heard about and talked about delegation, right? So this is not a new topic. And if you're anything like me, you might be rolling your eyes a little bit and thinking, yeah, I know, I need to get better at delegating. <laughs> that was absolutely one of my challenges, delegating, letting go, all of the things. So the reason that I'm actually doing this episode is because there is a skill to delegation right? It isn't just get better at delegating, get better at handing over entire workflows and trusting that they'll be done. Like that sounds crazy, even as I say it. And I know as someone who has led multiple teams and grown organizations, it's just not something I would ever do in that way, right? That was never going to be how I delegated. (laughs) just handing things over, not my style. So It became really important for me to understand the mechanics of good and effective delegation. And like most things, there are best practices, right? There is a framework that you can apply to getting better at delegation, to helping your team and the other leaders on your team get better at being delegated to and delegating to people that report to them. So I'm going to break down this framework, this delegation ladder today and tell you how to apply it. There are five levels of delegation that you want to think about, each of which confer a different amount of authority and autonomy. And that's really what we're talking about when we talk about delegation, the scope and nature of authority, right? What they own and autonomy, how accountable they are alone, right? I created a quick cheat sheet about all of this, and you can download it at brookritchiebabich.com backslash delegation ladder. It's going to walk through all of this. It's like a checklist for you and your team to implement everything I'm going to talk about in this episode. Now, as a leader, whenever you delegate a task or even an entire workflow, you need to make it clear what level of authority you're actually giving away, you're actually conferring. You need to be clear in your own head, and the person being delegated to needs to be clear in their head, and you need to be on the same page about that. And that's very often a starting place for where things go wrong with the delegation. So why do I love this tool? Because the practice that it allows you to execute, delegation, is one of the most critical for any leader of a growing team. This question of conferring authority is a huge one. You have to practice and improve your skills around delegation and conferring authority and autonomy to others as your team and your organization gets bigger Or one of two things is going to happen. You're going to bottleneck or you're going to burn out. And I know this from very personal experience. I am a complete type A control person. Anyone listening to this who knows me, you know that. Add in just a dab of perfectionism and it's even more wonderful. (laughs) So the way that this has shown up for me or showed up for me as sort of a starting point for my own learning about delegation. Was in the hiring of my director of programs. My director of programs was my first major hire. She was absolutely incredible. And I almost immediately handed over the entire area of programs to her because we were tiny and I had to. I needed somebody to own that. So I could do at that point everything else. The problem was things weren't moving along. And I was still feeling weighed down. I got really frustrated with her in the initial months of our working together because of what I thought was her inability to sort of step up and into true ownership. Things were more muddled and slower than I wanted, than I had imagined they would be in my head once this magical director showed up and took all the work off my plate, and that, in my mind, said that I couldn't really delegate fully to her, right? That's sort of the narrative I had in my mind. Now, the reality, which I'll break down in a moment with the tool, the delegation letter, was that I was the bottleneck. I was the huge bottleneck getting in the way of everything. I thought I was fully handing over full authority and autonomy, delegating the entire workflow of our program work from partnerships to evaluation in reality i was holding on to key decisions small ones but critical ones which meant that she couldn't fully own or move forward with her work without me she had to go through me i did not frame it that way in my head that's just the fact of how i had structured the actual scope and authority of authority and autonomy that she was getting now i see this really often with the organizations in my Next Level Nonprofit Mastermind, especially founders like me who have been used to owning and deciding everything from day one. I just had a coaching call last month, actually, with a leader who has been stalled at just under 700,000, and she was burning out, and she can't figure out why they aren't growing and why everything still feels so hard. The problem that we highlighted... To make a sort of longer coaching call short, <laughs> was that she wasn't actually delegating high enough on the ladder. She was calling it delegation, but she wasn't really letting go. So she was burning out because she was holding on to her own work and a not insubstantial part of other people's work also. So in my instance, I was a bottleneck. And in her instance, her inability to delegate was causing her to burn out. Here's how the delegation ladder tool or framework works in these situations. Just in case either of those sounds, I don't know, vaguely familiar to anybody listening. So first, the five levels. Level one is research and report. This is about the collection of information an assessment of an opportunity or issue or a problem. This is where the person that you're delegating to at level one basically just researches the topic, gathers information and reports back to you what they discovered. This is often where you want to start with new employees, where you're still learning about how much they can hold. This is also a really good place for inexperienced or younger staff to begin. People can move quickly up from this level, but it can be a good place to start here just to test people out because at this level you are still making the decision. Right? You still have authority and full autonomy, but You are learning about how they work and their judgment. So when you're delegating a task at level one, and usually it won't be an entire workflow, it's going to be a task, you want to set expectations and clearly define the work or the task. At this level, because you're making the decision, it's still a tremendous opportunity to move towards more expansive delegation down the line. You want to have the person you're delegating to Come back to you and explain their research, explain their assessment, explain their thinking so that you get insight into how they think, right? Into how they're understanding the issue or the opportunity or the problem that you have given them to research. How do they lay out information, right? Then you explain the decision you made and why so that they come to understand your thinking, your approach to strategy, your priorities, and your expectations. Now, if you have a small team, which many of you do, and you're hiring someone high up at a director level, and I've talked in past episodes, which I'll put in the show notes about how to think about hiring on a small team, right? You want to hire high up on the in the workflow for various reasons. But if you're doing that, I still recommend having one or two tasks here at level one as part of your onboarding so that you're learning as much as possible at the front end as you grow together. Even if you are hiring someone at a director level, this is just a quick and easy way, this research and report level, level one, it's a quick and easy way to learn for both of you to learn together. So level two is assess and advise. This is a step beyond reporting. At this level of delegation, you are expecting the person that you delegate to to also develop possible solutions and make a recommendation as to the best one. This means researching the topic or the issue, the opportunity, the problem, et cetera, outlining the options, and then advising you about which one they think is the best one. Now, this is a great level to begin to deepen your understanding of the person's judgment and decision-making processes. This will allow you to refine and ensure alignment with your own expectations, your own priorities. Here's another challenge with delegation. We can sometimes hand things over at level five, which I'll get to. It's full ownership to the other person. But we don't really know or understand how they make decisions. Right? We're saying you own this decision, but we don't have insight into the black box of their mind. So how they're weighing different priorities, do they understand your priorities, what your expectations are, how they think through challenges? We don't have real insight into that. And it can be hard to learn that on the fly, right? More importantly, or equally as importantly, if we immediately hand things over at level five, the person being delegated to may not fully understand the nuances of your own priorities right, what you want to give weight to and why, and your own expectations. So particularly with new people, and this is also great for existing staff that are moving into new roles, delegating at this assess and advise level two level can be important. Just as with level one, you own the decision, right, they are just advising. And so you want to make sure that you make time to share your own thinking. Right? So just as with level one, this is a great learning space. You can move through it quickly, but depending on who the new person is and new roles for existing staff, you might not want to skip over this. Level three is acting with approval. Now, this is where you're having people develop a plan for your sign-off. This level explicitly includes everything in level two, right? the research, the assessing of options, the advising. At this level, you're expecting person to do all of those things, you know, weigh pros and cons, come back with their assessment, and then to form an actual plan to move forward. This is the first level at which they will be making decisions and taking action, right? So they're going to make the decision and they're going to act on it, but only after your sign-off. And that's important here. You want them to share their thinking and share their plan with you in advance, of their final decision and action for your side of. So they're doing the upfront work, right? They can own that and they're owning the execution, but you're making the actual decision, which if you've built on level one and level two is the final sort of, I don't like the word test, but it's the final way, structured way of getting insight into, okay, how do they plan? How do they take all of the research and insight and assessment they've done and turn it into action? And once you feel confident and are able to say, oh, I would tweak this because actually this thing is important to me, or, oh, it might not have been clear, but I have this expectation of an end goal, or this is how I'm defining success, right, for this partnership. That's why coming back to you for your sign-off at level three, this acting with approval level, can be really important. It's just further insight and uh, into how you think and then alignment between how you think and how they think. Level four is act and inform. It's like the next step, the natural next step, but, but beyond acting with approval. This is the first level where the person just owns and makes the decision, right? There's no sign off. Here, you're allowing the person to do everything in level one, two, and develop the plan, make the decision, own the upfront work and the execution, and then tell you what they did. This is you saying, I trust you to do the research. I trust that you're going to make the best decision you can and that you understand my priorities and expectations and definitions of success. We have alignment around those things. So you make the decision and keep me in the loop. I just don't want to be surprised on the back end. That's basically the messaging here. Level five is the next and final step, right? This is the top of the ladder. Act with autonomy. This means that you are saying to the person that you're delegating to, make whatever decision you think is best. It's what you're saying at level four, but there's no need to report back, right? You don't need to keep me in the loop. You don't need to inform me. You follow through. You own this. You are fully autonomous with respect to this task or workflow. You make the call, full stop. Right? That's full autonomy and authority being handed over. Now, when we feel like we're holding too much of the work on our team, the problem often comes down to something having to do with this ladder. For me and my director of programs, going back to the example I gave earlier, the problem was a mismatch. It was a misalignment in levels. I thought I was delegating at level four or five. I thought I was saying, you take this, you own it. Act independently. It's yours. I trust you. Go forth. You're going to do great. When in reality, I was actually treating her like I was delegating at level three. You go off and do the research and the meetings and all of the work right up to the point of final decision. But if it's a partnership, I'll approve the final partnership. Or if it's a really important email, I'll take a look at the email before it goes out. Those felt to me like really small things. But that's not actually level four autonomy. That's not, I trust you, I feel like we're aligned in sort of my priorities, what I want these emails to look like, what I define as, you know, success for partnerships and just keep me in the loop. That's not what I was saying. I was saying, come to me with a plan and I will sign off on that plan. I was holding on to these small, seemingly insignificant decisions within her workflow. And so I was bottlenecking. So I was the problem, right? In the case of the founder in my program, the problem there, the burnout, was that she really just wouldn't delegate high enough, right? There wasn't a mismatch. She was clear that the folks on her team were not going to make key decisions without her. She just didn't trust that the alignment was there. So she kept them at level two and level three. You do the research, you advise, I'll make the decision, I'll draft the plan. She was doing... So much of the upfront work that the accountability for success still rested squarely on her shoulders. And because she couldn't push through those levels, she was holding her own work. And while she wanted her team to act with autonomy, while she wanted them to own, meaning be accountable for and responsible for the work on their work plan, she wasn't actually giving them the autonomy and the authority to do it. Now, the way to use this tool is to first create a common language around delegation. You want to get clear with your team about the five levels generally, what they are and how they work. And the cheat sheet that I mentioned can help with that, right? It lays out what the definitions are and what to look for at each level. Then with each person that you need to delegate to, and this will often be your leadership team, right? The people that most directly report to you, make sure you're all on the same page about what each level means for their particular workflow. Like, what it means to hand over full authority and autonomy to your director of operations that oversees finances and HR and tech might actually in the sort of details look different or feel different or require more conversations or different conversations than what it looks like to hand over full authority and autonomy to a director of programs or a director of communications, right? Finally, the third thing you wanna do after creating the common language and making sure that the nuances of those definitions are clear For the people that you're delegating to. You want to train your directors and managers to use the tool in their own management and delegation so that both the common language and the practice become routine on your team. The key here is standardization. That's part of the power of a useful framework or tool. You are not reinventing the wheel every time you onboard new people every time somebody moves up the ladder inside your organization or every time a new workflow is created you don't have to revisit questions of power and authority and autonomy all the time being deliberate about naming the nature and scope of delegation up front making sure you're all on the same page about priorities and standards and expectations means that there's just less friction and more ease In executing the work together. So that's my tool for you today. It's called the Delegation Ladder. And again, you can download the cheat sheet that I created and use it to walk through the tool with your own team at brookrichybabbage.com backslash delegation ladder. The tool is actually part of a broader strategy bundle that I offer called the HR Bundle. It's a turnkey customizable toolkit for setting up and sustaining an entire strong HR infrastructure. Everything from how to think about your staff chart to how to hire and how to onboard to how to create an equitable compensation structure, training videos, audio, templates, and worksheets, all part of the HR bundle. So you can get that if you want to go beyond the delegation ladder at brookritchiebabbage.com backslash HR bundle. That's it for this week, and I will see you back here next week for more Mastermind. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. I always have so much fun doing these episodes definitely check out the links to all the goodies that I mentioned in this episode. You can get that at brookwitchybabich.com backslash podcast for the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode and think that you have a friend or colleague who would also enjoy, I would love if you would leave a review and share. Have a great week.